If you've ever played a video game and thought, hey, this would make a really good movie, well, think again, because that's an instant recipe for failure. Apart from that Dig Dug movie, that thing was alright. Video game movies, next. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crap all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Well, hello and welcome to another rousing episode of your favorite podcast, Allah Magnificently Huge. This is episode 59. I'm your host this week, Chris, along with Eric and Brian, uh, the other two-thirds of the Mag Huge team. We're going to tackle a very important subject that uh, has never been tackled more than a thousand times before uh, via the Google search that I did just before this. We're going to talk about why video game movies suck. And it's true. They suck. There's no way to sugarcoat that. They've been doing them for 25 years now, and uh, they've never gotten one right. They've almost gotten one right. But which one? You'll have to listen and find out. But for the bulk of them, they have no clue what makes the video game popular, what makes it fun. They've distilled the essence of a game to the point where there's no essence left. That's kind of where we're going this week. So if you have any thoughts on that, be sure to send it along. Uh, we're at magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. Tell us, where did we get it right? Where did we get it wrong? Maybe send us a list of your favorites. Let's have a discussion, and then we can get into it again uh, another another time. Really, we just want to hear from you. So magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com is that address. You can also just reach out to us via our Twitter. Uh, that's right, Twitter, at maghuge. Uh, the same goes with the Facebooks, uh, magnificentlyhuge. So share us with your friends, you know, follow along at home, engage. If you're listening to this podcast now, you've obviously discovered where to find it, but we would urge you to share this news with your friends as well. It's wherever podcasts are found. Please head over to iTunes, rate and review us. Five stars if you would. That would really mean a lot. Then, you know, we're on SoundCloud. We're on Podknife, Stitcher, or literally wherever podcasts are found. And then uh, lastly, head on over to our website, that we spend so much time and effort on. That's maghuge.com. It's colorful, it's bright, uh, it's full of fun. Reach out to us through that website as well. So, without further ado, video game movies, why they're the most amazing thing since sliced bread. Uh, I'm only kidding, they suck. Okay, thanks. Enjoy the show. And we're back. It's my favorite time of the week. When I get to talk to all of our fans. <laughs> our, our two. I think we're up to two. We can almost put them on two hands. I don't know. I, I, think, I think we're doing better than that. I do. Okay. In my soul. I believe that. Your, your shriveled, dark little soul. Yeah. No, wait. That's you have I'm, a soul? I'm projecting. Wait. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, everybody's been having a fun week, I take it? Uh, so fun. Okay. Yeah. Well, welcome. This is for those of you who don't know, uh, and by this time you should know. But this is the magnificently huge podcast uh, hey. with, with us, your three idiots. Uh, I'll be the MC this week. Uh, my name is Chris, and then we got Brian over here. 
Hello. Uh, I'm Eric. And, I'm and the that's rapper. Eric. He's the MC. <laughs> that doesn't even... Okay. Uh, we're off to a roaring the DJ start. then. Wait. Wait a minute. I'm wait confused. a minute. Well, if we haven't lost him by now, uh, but we'd just like to welcome everybody to a, another uh, show where we talk about a lot of nonsense and uh, amuse and ourselves. like girls at our own jokes. <laughs> yeah, it's like a slumber party. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to do each other's hair. Yeah. Oh, the God. slam book. Uh, who brought the bedazzler? Did anybody remember this week? <laughs> Damn it. Let's get Cool Mom Hello. to make us martinis. <laughs> so, so this week we're talking uh, movies adapted from video games. Uh, good idea or no? Chew on that while we go to what we've done this week for the fresh shit. This shit is fresh. This is the portion of the show where we ramble on and on incessantly about stuff we've consumed media-wise for the last duration since we spoke mm. Uh, mm. previous. So, uh, with that said, who has some fresh shit for us? We're going to spin the wheel again? Oh, we haven't oh, brought the, the wheel! We haven't, we haven't done the Wheel of Fortune in a while. So, All right, let's put. Oh, okay. Okay. Click, 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 tick, 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 tick. Uh, let's just call it Brian. Hey! <laughs> All right. I have two movies this week. For oh, goody. Uh, one I missed seeing in the theaters that I, I watched on, on my TV. Wait, it's wait. Called... You missed a movie in the theater? I did. I think this is, this is a historic sometimes. moment. I've never encountered this in the last year. Okay. Uh, I watched Downsizing with Matt Damon. Really? How is it? Uh, it's so confused. It has no idea what it's about. <laughs> it's is... about a lot of things. Yeah. Um, so Downsizing is a movie. It was it was made by the guys who wrote uh, and I guess directed Sideways, and it was written for Paul Giamatti and Reese Witherspoon. But we got Matt Damon and Kristen Wiig. <laughs> Matt Damon. Um, <laughs> it's a uh, the the premise is that they've come up with the technology to shrink people to like one tenth of their size or, or or less. The people are like tiny and they can live in dollhouses. And so if you've got like an average person's money, you can live like a king in miniature land. But it. It, like, keeps changing what it's about. So at first it seems like the downsizing... Uh, it, this isn't a spoiler because it's in the trailer. The wife chickens out and doesn't join him on, on the trip to the downsizing and takes all his money and screws him over. Hmm. Um, so at first I thought the downsizing... Okay, so it's this heavy-handed metaphor for divorce or letting go of things, but then it becomes about political prisoners and class and poverty and then it becomes about the environment and then it becomes about cults and it just keeps rambling on and on and in less and less interesting directions so does matt damon ever get big again no no it's irreversible I always Bummer. felt that that was they were shooting for a metaphor that said, you know, in, in our capitalist society, w people are willing to sacrifice, you know, 
themselves just to be comfortable with what little cash they have. I mean, it feels like they had ideas and they had a lot of good ideas, but they couldn't turn them into a narrative. So it just kind of, yeah, it, it it's like a, it's like the cinematic equivalent of your grandpa getting confused and wandering off. Hmm. <laughs> it struck me as something that uh, like started as maybe a sketch idea, and then it just never managed to get fleshed out beyond. Actually, that. G- given the way films are written, it was probably a great script that got handed off to another writer who like injected that particular producer's ideas, and then it went into turnaround. Another producer picked no, it up, and as far as I understand it, the writer spent two years on it and directed his own script. Oh, Ouch. all right then. It's just just they're assholes. That's all. I got yeah. nothing. There. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad it failed. <laughs> and thank you for watching that. So, would you recommend it to anybody? You know, I I would recommend like the first half an hour, and then I'd be like, and then you know, do something else. Mm. You know, turn on <laughs> okay. your phone. Okay. Surf the internet. I don't know. Wow. So downsize the time that you use to watch downsizing. That's yes. basically your you're, review. Okay. You're saying it's no, we bought a zoo. I, well, you know, here's what only- I can say about it in favor of, in that comparison. I bothered to watch downsizing. I did not bother to watch We Bought a Zoo. Well, let me tell you this, that the only thing that comes close to it would be Elizabethtown. Crickets, crickets, man. Oh. Elizabethtown? I don't get it. Elizabethtown? Uh, that's the one that... Uh, What's his face made at, like before we bought a zoo, but after almost famous Cameron uh, Crowe? Yeah, nobody knows. Honestly, it. yeah, nobody go, knows. Go it. watch Lily Tomlin and the Incredible Shrinking Woman, and don't watch Downside. <laughs> oh, that joke failed so miserably. <laughs> oh, continue. Um, okay, so my other movie, Mission Impossible. Ooh. Oh, wow. oh, yeah. Nice. Before you start Dish. with it, I have I have a, a mind blowing bit of trivia related to that, uh, if I may. Okay. Uh, so consider this: the Mission Impossible Fallout is that what it's called? Yep. Okay. That uh, Tom Cruise is in that, and he is now five years older in that movie than Wilford Brimley was when he made Cocoon. Holy no! Really? No, I looked it up. It is true. You gotta be kidding! (laughs) No. So chew on that while you're talking about action spectacle. Good morning. I'm Wilfred Brimley, and I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes about diabetes. That that just makes it all the more because yeah, this is Tom Cruise stunt spectacular. Like they made a big deal out of Tom Cruise did his own stunts and. Boy, do they does that pay off? I mean, just knowing that like elevates the whole movie. Um, and Is this dude a- can run. This guy can run like a motherfucker. <laughs> like, I figure there's a cardiologist and an insurance agent right off camera the whole time. Yes. Yeah, is that a is that a statement on how we should all be exercising more than you know more like Tom Cruise than Wilford Brimley, or is that genes? I wonder. No, it's the power of Dianetics. Ah. That's what it is. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, and to be fair, Wilford Brimley did. Uh, well, he probably still does uh, have diabetes. Yeah. So, 
There's but that. We won't ever get any older and we won't ever <laughs> die. <laughs> uh, what can I say about Mission Impossible Fallout? It I mean it's predictable. They they put a lot of effort into making sure the stupid people in the audience can follow it because it has twists and turns, but they're predictable twists and turns. You won't care. It's great action. This is what you th- what you want from a James Bond movie. It, you know, it's travels the globe, fabulous locations, excellent action, believable, um, believable hard action stunts, like all the hell over the place. And, and by the end, like the director writer guy, uh, McQuarrie, who did the last one and has also been doing the Jack Reacher films. He's, he's just shameless about Okay, what's the what's another thing I can do to tighten the screws? All right, now what's another one? What's another? It just <laughs> goes and goes and goes and goes and goes, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's got a great great climax, and uh, Henry Cavill uh, acquits himself nicely as the CIA agent in this film. Okay, I'm telling that, you, Brian, is that is that Superman or Jesus? I yep. can't remember. Superman. Okay, it's Superman. You're, yeah, Jim Caviezel is Jesus. Ah, okay. So yeah, uh, but yeah, Brian, if if you're liking this, I'm t- I'm serious. You need to find Way of the Gun. That's McCory's first directorial Fucking effort. Brilliant film, and it is God, so it is such film. a it's such a tighter small scale, but it is so mm. good, so good. You know what uh, I'm going to tell God when I see him? I'm going to tell him I was framed. I love that line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. I, they could end the Mission Impossible series on this uh, movie. I think they've they've given it a decent send off. I don't know that they need to make any more of them. Oh, but they will. But yeah, they will because this one's making more money than any of the rest of them. I mean, okay. So pop quiz: Can you name any of the other subtitles of the Mission Impossible movies? Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, Ghost Protocol. Okay, I, I just listened to him. I have no idea which one is in what order, like at all. They have the that's the fourth the dumbest one. names. It's Mission Impossible, the Mission Impossible Two, the Mission Impossible Three, and then they did Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, and then they did Rogue Nation, and now it's Fallout. You're so looking at Wikipedia right now. No, no, these are on cable okay. all the fucking time, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know it like the back of my hand. Can I? Can I? Give tell you real quick Mission Impossible two story. I was at Man's Chinese Theater the night it opened, and it was a packed house. And it, it, it was what was it? Uh, a John Woo film, and everyone goes woo, and then it says Tom Cruise, and everybody goes woo, and then it says Mission Impossible th- two woo, and then and then it, it, it you know cuts to an exterior of the lab, and it's something like you know. Uh, such and such genetics lab, Brisbane, Australia, and I alone go, Because <laughs> you're that guy. Yeah. yeah. You are that guy. <laughs> and I really hope that um, we kept the Limp Biscuit song playing over that little story. Just yeah, oh, I, oh, now I know why I hate you. <laughs> You do what you want. You do what you want. Why is everybody yelling at me? Why is everybody yelling at me? Uh, 
Uh, okay, so downsizing bad, Mission Impossible Fallout good. Yep. Okay. And that's my fresh shit. Okay. All cool. right. Thanks, thanks for sharing. Eric? Yes. Uh, got a couple things. Uh, oh. I watched a Netflix film called Extinction because it looked vaguely entertaining. It wasn't. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I've got a larger point, which is okay, Netflix original series. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, I just would love you to... to redo that tagline uh as like gene shallot <laughs> just roll all through my head i thought it was going to be interesting it was not <laughs> <laughs> thank you um yeah I, I i because you know it's it's alien invasion and you know things blowing up and netflix gives you a nice little preview when you scan past it and i was like oh this looks like some violent shit let's see and i i always i, I always like um uh michael pena um, sure. he's never had a lead part to my knowledge. Uh, Lizzie Kaplan, she's always fun. I was like, okay, it's got some stuff going on, but uh, it's just a drudge. It's just so poorly shot. The action scenes are so hard to follow. It's black as night. Some of these uh, shots, so you can't even see what's going on. It plods. There's a twist. There's a twist you get halfway through, uh, and you don't even care. It's like it's just just a mess. And the thing is, though, I I think of that, and I think of Altered Carbon, and all of the Netflix original movies, and they're all kind of crap black mirrors. It's like they're they're cornering the market mm. on B science fiction. Uh, when they could be doing better it's like all their shows are great all their movies feel like crap even even the uh um, so netflix is like blockbuster video for the modern i guess age. yeah but, but if they had a specifically specifically science fiction that should be more interesting than this the the duncan jones film that we talked about a few months ago yeah that too not as good as his other films um and i don't know why maybe it I don't know why, but something about Netflix their collection of seems to be in films. the business of anything that's not going very well, uh, we're going to buy it up, and our goal is to just drive subscriber numbers. We don't care about quality. Yeah. Or, I don't or know how long they're going to be able to sustain bright. this. That's well, the other one. Bright. That that horrible Will Smith <laughs> oh God, <that> nobody <laughs> likes. That they're making a fucking sequel of. I mean, they, they it's like they're making blockbusters nobody wants. That aren't busting any blocks, of course, because they're just for subscribers. Yeah. It's oh, they, they, bought, is, they just bought the rights to, um, um, oh, God, what is it now? There's like a movie that was coming to the theaters that, that looked really crap, and Netflix just took it away from the theaters. It was going to come out this mm-hmm. October. What was it? Oh, damn it. I cut you off <laughs> to not tell you something. <laughs> Shit. Oh. <laughs> well, like, the suspense like that never happens here. Yeah. The suspense is killing you. Uh, <laughs> so, so just extinction? Was that it, Eric? Um, no, I'm still talking, you, you okay. douche. Um, I'm just, yeah, I'm so, making sure, just making sure. <laughs> but yeah, they, 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 they make, I, 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 yeah, I don't know how they're making money on this, especially when their subscribers are starting to plateau. I think they've, they've almost got everybody who's ever going to get Netflix, No. I mean, 
all that's changing now is the way you get Netflix. It's gone from the computer to the smart TV, uh, but people still have their accounts. Well, I think their audience is shrinking. I read somewhere that uh, they fell short uh, on their subscribers for the first time in, I don't know, Mm. how many quarters. So maybe this gambit is not paying off quite like they hoped. Yeah, there hasn't really one Netflix movie, other than the documentaries, that... Well, there was that that one with uh, uh, about the guy who formed National Lampoon. That was good. Yeah, but it definitely wasn't uh, theatrically worthy. Yeah, Extinction. I, it, I, yeah, eh, I don't know. Okay, uh, I, I, the the other problem with is is it's basically ripping off Westworld and trying to do it in ninety minutes. That feels like four hours. Um. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, there's that. And the other thing, I went to a show, and I again saw Adam Ant. I saw him in Las Vegas nice. for were his the, s- singles tour. Were the Glam Skanks still opening for him? Yeah, they were. Nice, nice. They were. They got a new singer, which disappointed me. The The original singer, she's just a badass. I mean, just you can... You can see she's meant for this. I mean, she was just kicking ass all over the stage when we saw her. But apparently her girlfriend did not like the idea of her touring all over the world. So she had to quit. And <sighs> yeah, right? Fucking yoko man. yoko Exactly. Bitches, man. Bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so so that was out, and they, they got a singer who can sing, but it's funny because you, you see her try to vamp in the same way, and you can totally tell she's just not cut out for it, you know? It's like, hey, Aww. I'm doing Aww. that thing now where I shake my head around because I'm rock and also roll. It's just not <laughs> working. Okay, but musically, but how was Adam Ant? I'm sorry? Oh, but yeah. How was Adam Ant? That's the other thing. When I saw him uh, uh, a few months ago, it was one of the best shows I've ever seen. I mean, he was just amazing. It was total punk rock. It much more so than you would expect from Adam Ant of all people. Great. Sure. I go to this, and I think Tanya nailed it on the head. She said when we saw him, he didn't have his confidence yet, and so he was just playing. And he was, you know, he's really good. Now he's confident. And so he's talking up the songs and he's doing all the, yeah, I wrote this one back in 77 or whatever. You know, all that horseshit you don't care about. It was just not as fun. It, it still sounded good, but it was like, uh. and So better yes. when he has something to prove. Yeah, yes, exactly. And because he's hungry, we saw him. He was doing uh, Kings of the Wild Frontier. He was doing the whole album all the way through. Just the whole thing. And okay. that's one of his best albums. And there's no talk up. So, of course, it was going to be great. This time it was his singles. When I say that, you think greatest hits, don't you? This was sort of. literally any song that he put out on a 45 plus its B-side. You know, those songs <laughs> nobody <laughs> wants to fucking hear. And I'm like, okay. I don't care. I don't care, Adam. And he's explaining, like, yeah, I wrote this because uh, I was on my bike when I was a kid and these, these, these motorcycles went by room. And so from that I wrote, uh, uh, this, uh, this particular tour uh, features some flip sides to the singles. 
This is a bit of a puzzle because this was a double A side or a double B side. And walking around this afternoon, there's a lot of people with this kind of feeling in the air, you know? Yeah, it's time to go to uh, Paris, France. Again, it reminds yeah, so me of Dana, Dana Carvey doing the Jimmy Stewart thing. I wrote this one when I woke up in my own sack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, 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 the real complaint here was not adamant. It was a very capable show, you know, um, whatever. The problem was I was surrounded by a bunch of fools who are older than me who were like, we're going to see Adam and at a show. <laughs> when I, I hope the babysitter's going to be okay. Yeah, when I went in Portland, it was all like, you know, cool people who are, you know, millennials and hipsters who were just like, oh, I heard of this. It'll be good. These were people who were following him at the time and now we're stretching into those 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 dresses that don't fit anymore. And there was a woman with a corset in front of us and she had uh, armpit boobs from all nice. the fat squishing out. It was not pretty. Uh, yeah, that's a lot the, of that kind of stuff. That's the problem with the the bands that do sort of these, I guess for lack of better description, nostalgia tours, because mm-hmm. it drives out people that never really listened to them initially and may only know them for like one song or two songs. Mm. Yeah. So it drives in the riffraff because a, a, a while back, and this is like, I don't know, 12 years ago now, uh, I saw Echo and the Bunnymen and it was a really good show, but it was a smallish club, and all the people were there because they knew Killing Moon from Donnie Darko, and that's like the only song that they mm-hmm. knew. Mm-hmm. And it was so irritating because, like, they were just <laughs> mu- shuffling about the whole show and talking and whatnot and wouldn't shut up. And then he played Killing Moon, and everybody was rapt and yeah. really into it. And then he started playing some other stuff again. It's like, fuck you, people. Yeah. Fuck you, when people. We, <laughs> when we saw Devo get back together a few years ago in San Diego, it was, it was like after a horse race. Uh, it was like their special event concert. It was not treated like the big deal it should have been. And there are all these people coming over from the horse race going, Devo, what's a Devo? Oh, it's the Whippet Band. And that's the only <laughs> song they knew. Ever nice. since they came out with the new album, all the shows I go to with Devo, it's just people who get it. Nice. But that's all I so, got. So, Eric, I, f- I found the movie that I was uh, rudely interrupting you to talk about. Uh, <laughs> Netflix bought Andy Serkis's Mowgli. Mowgli? No. Yes, the new... It, he made a, a serious, dark take on the Jungle Book, mocap, Andy Serkis did, <laughs> at the same time that they were making the Jean Favreau live-action Jungle Book for Disney. This thing is scheduled to hit theaters in October. The posters are in front of the theaters. Netflix bought it. Is Andy Serkis directing it, or he's just yes. in it? Yeah, Has he's he directing made a it. film before? Uh, he did maybe. a lot of directing on Lord of the Rings, uh, second unit stuff. Oh. Oh. Okay. I don't know beyond that. That Super. seems like a weird move, I guess. <laughs> well, uh, at some point, you're not that limber, and you don't want to keep doing mocap, I guess. But Yeah. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Wilford Bremley could attest to that. uh so any any other tidbits from you there eric nah that's it okay you got chris uh very little i found a podcast this week i just stumbled across it and apparently it's got quite a following it's called out on the lanai 
a Golden Girls podcast. And it's these two uh, people yeah. that basically watch an episode of the Golden Girls and then spend like an hour talking about it. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing, but it's sort of <laughs> endearing at the same time because I've grown to like the Golden Girls over time. I never touched it when it was on. Uh, and then in my pseudo dotage, I've sort of found it in reruns and it's actually very endearing. Uh, and so it's kind of funny to hear people just slavish all kinds of love on it uh it's so what weird. you're saying is it's like this podcast but more focused yeah it's basically <laughs> if, if our podcast every week did the same thing uh well we kind of do that never mind yeah. the analogy yeah. is gone uh <laughs> but apparently they've got like a, a nice file and they're on spotify and so i just we need to figure out how to get on that so if anybody's out there uh that wants to you know get on itunes and like us and rate us and stuff so we can get uh one more that'd be yeah. awesome uh so i did that and then i did rewatch. it's been years uh i don't know if you probably aren't familiar with it but it's this 1966 japanese gangster movie called tokyo drifter uh that is a technicolor wonder the thing is Ooh. fucking amazing but it's done by this b director called saijin suzuki who had been with the, whatever studio doing B pictures for years and years and years, and they gave him this just sort of paint by numbers gangster script about a uh, like a hitman or whatever that his boss gets killed and then he's on the run from the other gang, blah blah blah. And he turned it into this really weird expressionistic pseudo drama thing but like all the sets are like monochromatic but in really bright colors and they change with the moods and all of this shit it is so bizarre and it is so pretty to watch and it's just he basically did almost ruined his career because the studio's like what the fuck is this <laughs> uh but he's like screw you it's really punk rock uh but it it's it's been reconsidered over the decades and it's actually very notable in film circles uh, but it's called Tokyo Drifter. And then a couple of years later, I did one called Branded to Kill, which is in black and white, but it's another pseudo gritty gangster flick. But in that one, the main thrust is that the main character can only get off by uh, sniffing the steam coming off of cooking rice. <laughs> so there's a lot of scenes with that. Uh, so, yeah, I would recommend that, too. But Tokyo Drifter. Uh, I will very, check that out. How fun. did you find it? Uh, I have the DVD, but it just showed up late on Turner Classics one night. Uh, wow. So you might be able to find streaming. I don't know. All but, right. But uh, there you have it. Been a slow week. Okay. <laughs> so that's, that's the fresh shit. <laughs> Unless anybody's got something else to add. Nah. Mm. Excellent. Let's not push it. Fresh shit is yeah. one, of, one of the best reasons to listen to this podcast, of course. But let's not overdo it, huh? Yeah, let's not ruin a good thing. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> this week I thought it would be fun to talk about a, a sort of recent genre. And I say recent, it's like 27 years now, I guess, uh, theoretically, where video games have been adapted into movies. And while some have been very successful for whatever reason... None of them are any good, as far as I can tell. Uh, so let me posit that to you first. Do you agree or disagree with that assessment? I agree wholeheartedly. Okay. 
Yeah, I can't I can't say of any that are that are great. I think it is possible that there will eventually be a solid video game movie, mostly because video games are getting more cinematic anyway. Right. But to to date, they're written by people who don't game. Exactly. And uh and I will uh, just some for- of them some of them are exceptions. We'll get there. Yeah. Right. But by and large, from what I could find, most of these are made by people who just maybe were peripherally aware of the game that they mm-hmm. were adapting. Uh, and it shows. And can I, can I ask just, just a quick ground rule question for our discussion? Sure. Yeah. We are just talking about live action, right? Not animated. Uh, oh, yeah. I didn't ma- yeah. yeah, I didn't make that clear anyway, when we that. when I pitched it. But yeah, yeah. the animated thing okay. opens up a whole different can of worms. Uh, and that, to me, is a different beast. Right. And, of course, we're not talking about things that had video games. Like, they were, they were big in some other format. And because of that, they made a video game. And because of that, they got a movie, right? Like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, we're talking nah, strictly nah. video game to movie. Yeah, like it was a video game, and then it became a movie. Yeah, okay. producer acquires the rights to a video game yeah. for movie purposes. Yeah, which does bring up an interesting aspect, though, because... Uh, I did immediately think of Tron as a, like, sort of nope. the first video, well, but let me, hear me out, hear me out. It's, it's sort of the first video game movie, but it's not based on a video game, so it doesn't count. Yeah. But what's weird yeah. about it is that it's a movie based on a game that only existed in the movie until the movie came out, and then at that point they made a game out of the it movie. Spawned some kick-ass so games, yeah, yeah, and it's, so it's like this really weird snake eating its own tail kind of thing. So Tron is always interesting to me as sort of maybe a progenitor of that, and then after that, a few years later, you get like the Last Starfighter, where there's a prominent. Uh, feature yeah. of a video game, and so that seems to sort of spark the people, but they don't actually adapt the properties that exist, uh, yeah. which didn't happen until what ninety ninety two uh, when they did Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, and there now we're. I mean, now we're really off to the races, right? Soup. I mean, technically, you could have gone if you're talking about that kind of thing. The Wizard, yeah, might have have fit but no i think super mario brothers begins our discussion of it's of movies based on video games and boy yeah. does it set the tone it's it's the largely wizard, the wizard really i think doesn't count only because it's it's it involves a video game but we're really talking right about the story is what would be in the game it's like they're transferring right. Right. yeah yeah for better or worse except worse. super mario brothers uh I just I wa- I literally watched this thing for the first time in like 25 years. Uh, it's 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 on YouTube. Uh, if you're curious, and, uh, how and did this thing made did a great episode of it. Yeah, it's a train wreck and a half. Oh my god! It's like what? It's like basically we just bought the rights to the name Super Mario Brothers, and then we just made some whacked out dystopian view of the world that had nothing to do with Super Mario Brothers. It's made by the people that created Max Headroom, for fuck's sake. <laughs> and that just floors me every time. So, Max yeah. Headroom is so much better than the Super Mario Brothers movie, yeah. too. Well, I went back and rewatched uh, the first Max Headroom, the, the short film, 20 Minutes yeah. Into the Future. Uh, 
and it is it's tight it's entertaining it's it's got some things to say and to get from that to super mario brothers is just astonishing so <laughs> yeah well. dennis hopper dennis hopper as king koopa not even as bowser but as king koopa yeah and yet he's not any sort of dragon or turtle or lizard but they sure do have creepy ass dragon lizard characters in the form of the Goombas and the, the Goombas, Goombas yeah. He, tiny he, little heads. He does end up going dragony, doesn't he? I, I I haven't seen it since it was in the theater, and yes, I saw it in the theater. I think with no. you assholes. But. He like, I think we all went to the Cinecapri Capri and Yeah, saw it. yeah, that's the yeah. thing that kills me. We saw it in seventy millimeter on opening night. But we saw <laughs> it drunk. That's the difference. Yeah. Well, it didn't hurt uh that it came out right before Jurassic Park, so nobody really gave a shit. Uh, and then Jurassic Park just basically crushed everything. And then it's mm-hmm. sort of like, well, you're going to do dinosaurs? I mean, if this thing had come out even uh, a week or two after Jurassic Park, then uh, it would have just been buried even further. <laughs> it's, it's also that- important to, to, to note that a lot of films in that period, right now we're in a, in a sort of great time of meta entertainment where it's yep. for the parents and the kids a lot of films back then were just for kids and parents can go screw like the teenage mutant ninja turtles were just about entertaining the kids yeah this was this was another one of those it's like yeah it sucked but at the same time i'm watching it going this is literally a kid's movie i'm not supposed to get except this it's except it's kind of not right like for kids yeah, it's, it's really it's dark. almost scary like Yoshi, the the happy little dino friend, is like terrifying in this yeah. movie, and like, none of it the, works tonally. And the yeah, and the yeah. princess, yeah, uh, her her dad is some sort of like sentient fungus. Uh, I mean, it's just it's like it's just David Lynch territory, which is just weird. Uh, and then but John you can, Leguizamo and Bob Hoskins show up, you know, yeah, in, in some well, other yeah, way. what the fuck? Uh, apparently, they on set they were so. <laughs> just like not into it that they would spend time between takes just drinking a shit ton of bourbon uh so they were just (laughs) soused through the whole thing and hopper was just doing it for the money i think he thought he could pull a nicholson from batman uh (laughs) because everyone's like oh super mario brothers how can you fuck that up well ta-da so yeah it's a weird blight on uh on film history but it's so odd just as a film artifact, I think that it, we're still talking about it. But it didn't set a proper tone for video game adaptations, uh, which was not to be outdone because the next one that came along was Double Dragon. Do you guys know this one at all? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Double Dragon is about two guys who walk from left to right and hit things. <laughs> I know. It's like it's a scroller game. But I watched this one this week as well. It's also on YouTube. And oh, Jesus. Uh, this is I, th- I didn't think it was possible to be as dumb or dumber than Super Mario Brothers, but this one achieves it very, very nicely. Uh, but no one told me that it had Alyssa Milano. Uh, <laughs> and Mark Dacascos, who would do the American version of Iron Chef uh, years later. Yeah. Um, and then What's-His-Face from Terminator 2 was the bad guy. I just, Yeah. So when was you? When was the last time you saw that one, Brian? Oh, I never actually watched it. Oh, okay, I okay. The, okay. No. 
Because <laughs> I never seen it. I'll, I never I'll seen watch it. Skyscraper or, or some shit like that, <laughs> oh, wow. but I didn't watch Double Dragon. I have some standards. All right. Let me just sum it up. Basically, uh, the gist is there's one scene where Alyssa Milano's character, who's sort of like a, uh, I don't know, like an urban rebel, because it's like some future uh, 2007 LA ruined by earthquakes, whatever, gangs rule the city. She's fighting the, the bad girl henchman. And then the henchman gets out a whip and sort of knocks her over or whatever. And the henchman literally says to Alyssa Milano in this movie, who's the boss now? That is the level of writing you're Whoa. dealing with. <laughs> so, Whoa! That's yeah. awesome! Boy. That yeah. is great. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Somehow that's respectful to the source material. But. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So it, I, don't, I never really played Double Dragon, but I'm pretty sure the game is not that. I... So. I, I think it's funny, and I have not seen it, but I think it's funny that they couldn't get that right because that is one of many fighting games that take that the game itself took its cues from martial arts films. So it's like, right. that's a no-brainer. You do a martial arts film. And yeah. that they couldn't get it right is itself funny, but I, it also points out why another film, not to jump ahead, Mortal Kombat kind of got it right. Mortal Kombat! Mortal Kombat is, Chris said, you know, pick one movie out of all these, and Mortal Kombat is the one that, that I wanted to talk oh, about. Oh, well, then let's discuss. Uh, we can jump around. So. so, so yeah, Mortal Kombat is quite possibly the best video game adaptation uh, into film that there's ever been. Ever? And, okay. Okay. and it's not a great movie. <laughs> oh, bar. It, yeah, it's, it, it's a super it low. It really bar. isn't, uh, but um, Mortal Kombat does one thing that I don't think any other video game movie has ever done for me, and that is make you want to play the video game the minute the movie is over. Well, it's because it's. I think it's the most faithful to the gameplay, but it still maintains some sort yep. of semblance as a movie. It's, it's even a weird faithful to the game's story. Yeah. It's a weird line to toe, uh, but for the most part, they get it right. And of the early video game movies, this is the first one based on a game that I had actually played, so I sort of knew the gist. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was helpful. Um, and I've never found Christopher Lambert's lazy eye more believable. <laughs> uh, yeah. i am the highlander well and a, f a fun tidbit for that too is that apparently the one of the people that they were looking to cast early on for the role of raiden was sean connery oh, so yeah, they luck. were going to try to get ramirez and then they went with mcleod which i think is funny <laughs> so. i wonder i wonder if like sean connery just like like laughs his ass off when whenever he is mentioned as we wanted sean connery but you know <laughs> it's like there's yeah. so many movies where they start off saying we wanted sean connery but he's but. too much taste yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh so what is it about mortal kombat that you feel makes it the greatest video um, game movie Again, I think it mostly just has to do with getting the the basic vibe of the game into a movie form. No, it's not bloody and gory and violent. But well, it's they like had to get the, the PG-13, that's why. Right, but the characters are recognizably themselves. The setting is recognizably the setting of the game. 
the characters that have magical abilities like uh, Sub-Zero and Scorpion, they play those up. Like, when Sub-Zero is just making a ball of ice, like, it is way more intense in the movie than it is in the game. Like, it's a <laughs> yeah. big deal that this dude is, like, Whoa, sucking up the moisture in the air and creating this, this ice, or Scorpion with his, uh, his little get-over-here thing and his, yeah, his skeleton like his hand, head. And the hand opens up and the snake chain thing comes out. In yeah. a very realistic CGI, might I add, wink, oh, wink. Yeah. yeah, so realistic. And, and they even <laughs> they even had the hidden character from Mortal Kombat, Reptile, as a surprise in the movie. Yeah, the reptile was a surprise, and and when he shows up, they actually have the VO announcer guy from the game just say it, reptile. You know, just <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like at that point, they're just like, we don't fucking care. So reptile, you know. Yeah. Well, I like so, the setup because because I had actually yeah. watched it this week as well, and it and I always forget. But when you watch it, it's sort of like, uh, okay, so they're they're essentially doing Enter the Dragon. But then they're doing mm-hmm. this like pseudo blood sport in a fantasy realm kind of deal, uh, right. and I mean it literally is like the the blood the uh, Enter the Dragon plot line, uh, just Mortal Kombat it up. Yep. So so the framework is you know solid, and they don't have to spend a lot of time on it. Which and is, it has I think, the best music. Yeah, I think that's it works because they don't change their story. They they know that's what the the whole deal is about, and they stick with it. They don't try and add too much to it. It's a it's a dopey movie, but it's a pretty thin game. I mean, the idea that Mortal Kombat the game has a story is <laughs> yeah a bit of a stretch. Well, and the fact that every time they start a fight, uh, you get the first. <laughs> few bars of the stupid techno song like every time a fight happens it's like man this is just like the game it's amazing (laughs) (laughs) and that song is still awesome and it still makes you want to play mortal kombat i mean it's it's on my ipod it comes up every now and then and i turn it up I'm not gonna. And lie. then you then you kick the shit out of somebody, right? <laughs> yeah, and then I rip Tear their, their spine head out. off. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's good. And uh, kudos to uh, Goro, the four-armed dude. Yeah, that that, that's that's all practical effect. That's all practical effect. That was like 16 puppeteers, and kudos to them for doing that. I mean, granted, it's the 95, so it's still sort of the the infancy of CGI. But you know, I I appreciate that they they made Did, the effort. I don't. I don't remember. Was there a moment in in the ga- in the movie where a little head comes out of the corner and says "Whoopie"? Did that happen? <laughs> yes. Uh, I, no, there was no Toasty Man in the Mortal Kombat okay. movie, but damn well ought to been. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, so he yeah, Toasty. I didn't know what he said. Toasty. I he said, yeah. I thought toasty. he said "Hoopty" like one of those 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 old uh, Oldsmobiles that <laughs> no no have too many people in them. Toasty. Uh, He's Toasty Man. Nice. Toasty! So if there is a secondary one for you, Brian, is there any other choice? Like, say Mortal Kombat didn't exist. Uh, yes. Um, I'm gonna go with the Mortal first... Kombat Annihilation. No. Yeah, which is roundly acknowledged as uh, surpassing the first one. Leaps and bounds. No, Plus, it would a be lie. a little weird to like, like the sequel of a movie that didn't actually happen in your premise. Yeah. Well, to be fair, uh, Mortal Kombat, they made it on like a, like 20 million or whatever, something stupid, cheap, and it made like 100 million or something. Uh, so it was a giant hit. And I think it's the one that sort of kept the dream alive for video game movies 
And mm. I think that's sort of the the wrong lesson that producers took into it. It's like, well, these first two sucked ass, but uh, this one made a ball of cash, so let's do another. <laughs> yeah, that Annihilation movie is is god awful, and what a step down. No, um, <laughs> my runner up would have to be the first Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider. Yeah, movie, I would agree. Lara Croft Tomb Raider. That movie has actually aged better. It was. It was stupid in 2001, but now it's the awesome kind of stupid. Yeah, thank you for saying that, because that's actually the exact reaction that I had, because I rewatched it. I watched a shit ton of these fucking things this week. (laughs) I'm I'm surprised I'm not just brain dead. But I watched it again, and I never really liked it, but it sort of didn't... didn't, I didn't mind it as much this time for some reason, and I think it's because it's just... Gunfight. There's a, she hits <laughs> exactly. a guy in the face with a motorcycle wheel. Yeah. It is hardly subtle. It is hardly subtle. And I might add that the bungee fight starts when the secret organization known as the Illuminati comes to her house to steal the Guga. And the producers had the balls to put a Fat Boy Slim song in there called Illuminati while the action is going on. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's the most 90s movie of the 2000s, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's amazing. Angelina Jolie is doing a fake British accent, and Daniel Craig is doing a fake American accent. American accent, accent. yeah. Yeah. It is... Yeah. So there's a lot that you shouldn't like about it, but it's just just dumb fun. And as a counterpoint, I watched the, the new one, yeah, with Alicia Vikander, yeah, and it's just—I mean, first off, why would you make the decision to do Tomb Raider as an origin story? Oh, that's a direct riff of the rebooted game. Oh, it's awful. So if that's they, the case, then that's the just awful. Yeah. So that's the thing. Both of those actresses actually portray the Lara Croft of their time very accurately. Okay. Right. Like, um. When they rebooted uh, Tomb Raider in the games, it was, you know, she was young, she was a victim, uh, she was vulnerable, and she's sort of learning how to be a, a psycho killer. Um, yeah. But, but, the, but the Tomb Raider from the, from the 90s and early 2000s is this cartoonishly proportioned, overconfident, you know, Bruce Wayne-ish, rich, just, you know... Yeah devil may care adventure chick and i'd much rather see that movie than you know whatever the other Tomb raider was and then you get into the the porn version cradle of filth and you know they got that all wrong (laughs) (laughs) oh god no i don't Uh, know that there's a porn version called cradle of filth i just know there should be yeah but cradle of filth is a really bad metal band so you're kind of on the right track but i digress uh (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, so so I agree. I never thought that I would say out loud that I that Tomb Raider, Laura Croft Tomb Raider with Angelina Angelina Jolie was a a good movie, but it's taken me 17 years to get here and I'm saying it now. Uh, yeah, I, I think the one thing I like about it, I don't like it at all, but the one thing I like about it is that she now wants to be taken seriously as a director now that she can't be taken seriously as an actress and she can't be taken seriously as an actress because of shit like this. Yeah. <laughs> but still, she she got paid a shit ton. And the whole thing that kills me is that their budget 
was supposedly like 94 million on paper Jesus. but if you but if you look at all of the shenanigans they basically bought it from a production company using tax shelters in Germany or Europe somewhere uh, so that company bought it from Universal I guess is the the studio uh, for X number of millions because they could take the the tax shelter and then the studio bought it back from them at a cheaper rate so actually made money so when you all figure in the production budget they only actually on production spent like 7 million or something uh well, but and the thing and the thing went like, on to gross like 150 no, no, or whatever 275 million that is like one of the top yeah. 5 video game movies of all time and that's in yeah. 2001 dollars yeah so figured that uh through all the financial shenanigans they only spent 7 million dollars to actually make it mm. so kudos which is another reason why they continue to make these things uh it's amazing uh so yeah but that's as far why as they she became such a big star then because based on that they can say look she can really open a movie because yeah. i mean her agent can i guess well and an, mm-hmm. another weird bit of trivia is that uh, both actresses who portrayed laura croft on screen have both won oscars boom hmm. Not so it's an underwhelming fact, Croft, but yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Hopper's been in good movies too, but he was in Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just it would have been so much better if they'd have let him do like the the nitrous, and he could just turn into Frank Booth, but with like the lizard cornrows. Uh, you know what you, I mean? How do you know they didn't? Like, <laughs> I don't. I don't. It's true. Uh, yeah, what a train wreck. So, do you have any particular uh, bad favorites, Eric? Like, what would your top pick for shit be on this one? Uh, well, and that's the thing. I I I did haven't watched a ton of video game movies. Um, no, you should do it. Like in a week, uh, it'll change your world. <laughs> no, I, I let's see how what was it. I've seen. Um, uh, was it House of the Dead? Oh God, oh. you watched that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that'll get us into that'll get us into Uwe Boll. Yeah. 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 The the master of the awful video game movie. I, oh my for god. For some reason, decided he needed to make his Uwe uh, video game movies. I, well, I to be just, fair, I just was interested in the cast, honestly, and I, I couldn't understand how he got. Yeah. Well, that's what kind of blackmail does this guy have? Well, that's just like, it. It's like, why are these actors doing it? Because if you look at something like Blood Rain. Uh, which I tried to watch this week, and I got about thirty minutes in. Uh, that's the honest truth. I just I did not have it in me to watch the whole thing because it's Michael Madsen basically sleepwalking through every line delivery because he's probably making <laughs> a lot of coke money. Uh, yeah. Michelle Rodriguez, uh, who knows what the fuck she's doing in this thing? Ben Kingsley, who knows what the mm. fuck he's doing in this? I mean, it's just a paycheck for them. And yeah. it just was and awful. The, the chick from Terminator 3 is the title character. Yeah, and Meatloaf. Meatloaf a day oh, yeah. is in this thing. It's like, what is this <laughs> cast doing? But oh, all of his God. movies have, have like marquee people in them. Yes. Like, how does this happen? That's got to uh, be a, get another kind of tax sheltery kind of thing going on where he's got the cash to get the well, cast. And if that cast appears in anything in Europe, it'll make its money back. That's a guess. Well, up no, until I think Illuminati. it was like call Fat Boy Swim, cue <laughs> <laughs> it. Uh, but up until like '06, I guess it was. Uh, Germany had some sort of tax shelter where if it, if the production company made the movie in Germany, 
then they could write it off. They basically got half their money back anyway. And so he figured out how to just, you know, get a bunch of funding to do these twenty, thirty million dollar movies that people didn't care. It was like it's like the producers, basically. Uh, if it fails, they make more money because then they mm-hmm. could write it off. And so that's how he gets all these things made. I mean, there was one year where he made literally like five movies in one year. I mean, it's like he doesn't give a shit about quality. He's just like cranking this shit out because it's a fucking cash machine. It's so ridiculous. But they finally closed the loophole. So then he had to go to like crowdsourcing and nobody would do that. And he eventually just gave up and, uh, and now he runs a restaurant in Vancouver or something. Oh, it's just look ridiculous. Look for interviews with him. Look for interviews oh, yeah. with him. He is so pissed off. It is oh, yeah. wonderful. Just hearing how <laughs> yeah, bitter yeah. he is. Well, well, they can go f- get fucked because look at all the, 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 the money I made. Yeah, yeah I can play golf dude, for the rest of my life. Dude got in yeah. a boxing ring with some of his critics. <laughs> yeah, he did. He's a fucking maniac. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, mm. it's just it it just it's astounding how bad it is. I think his his highest uh, Metacritic review he garnered like eight percent. That's like his most liked movie, uh, like out of a hundred eight. And I think his least uh, liked movie was whatever one with uh oh shit, what's his name? Christian, Christian Slater. Slater, Alone in the Dark. Uh, Alone in the Dark. I think had a yeah. zero. I mean, it's just fascinating that he could make something so shitty over and over and over and still manage to get a chance to make it. There's one I do recommend you see. I won't tell you anything about it. It must be experienced the way I experienced it, which is surprised. Uh, Postal. I knew you were going to say that. Oh, God. Postal is like, what? 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 Oh, wait, wait, now what? it's, It's just... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, the, postal, the game is is deliberately trying to be obnoxious. Yeah, yeah. So, and and, and uh, this has and so absolutely no uh, um, subtlety. Uh, <laughs> it has no intelligence, and it's it's perfect. I think it, it, he find he's in his wheelhouse. This is his yeah. eight and a half. This is his dark side <laughs> of the moon. <laughs> I think that I, the only thing I read about it was that I think he cast himself in it as a version of Uwe Boll and he gets shot in the groin and says as his dying words I hate video games I mean that's the- <laughs> so he's either a believes him yeah he's either a genius or he's just a savant but either way holy shit yeah I, I liked that he had the balls in House of the Dead to literally just edit in footage of the game itself like it was a shot of a live yes. action person Shooting yeah. a gun, cut to fucking nineteen ninety eight or whatever video game yeah. screen of zombie. Yeah. <laughs> well, which best, does bring up best go ahead, meta Eric. moment. Best meta moment since uh, Jamie Kennedy in Scream saying, "Turn around, Jamie. Turn around, Jamie." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, it does bring up an interesting point too, because there are aspects of some games where they not only are doing like simulacrums of these games, but they actually incorporate gameplay into it. Like doom is a very solid right. example of this. There's, there's an example uh, with Carl Urban where he loads up his 
rifle, his his assault rifle, and then basically you just see that, and it's like Duke Nukem, it's like Doom, it's just all mm. of the first sh- person shooters, and it literally is like a five minute scene of him just roaming hallways and this just the gun pointing at shit and shooting. Do you think that's something that they should put in these or should not put in they, these? There was a a a a um a Keanu Reeves film. Uh, it was after Speed, but before. Uh, the matrix it was not a successful film it was something where he's an engineer in chicago and they've discovered an engine that runs on water and they're running from bad people and eh, oh the one with morgan freeman yeah yes yes and uh and brian cox but there's a shot in there where you know this keanu reeves guy starts like prowling around the house with a gun because someone else is in the house and they cut to the doom angle and i was like oh is this the way we make movies now i mean for no reason whatsoever we're gonna do this exactly and then i thought about it and i realized this guy's never handled a weapon he's an engineer with you know who's not a cop not in the military this is probably how he knows how to operate a firearm is from playing doom that's the one excuse possibly so I've got I've got two examples of this that I want to call out. One is in the last few weeks actually Nathan Fillion is in a fan film about the Uncharted games. The people have been wanting Nathan Fillion to play the part of Nathan Drake in the Uncharted <laughs> film okay. adaptation. And this is like an audition piece. And the thing that nice. they do Uncharted is a third person action game. When Nathan Fillion finally draws his gun and starts getting into gunplay with bad guys, the the aspect ratio of the camera changes and the camera does an over the shoulder thing and it's it it mimics the game camera and it's the only time in this thing that the game camera behavior is is <laughs> used and it's actually very effective um but the the other one isn't a video game adaptation more than it's an inspiration and that I've got to call out hardcore henry which is an yes. entire movie oh in first person oh my god i love that film okay. <laughs> oh fuck again the look found it by accident and just was like i i am in i whatever i had to get done i'm not doing <laughs> well is it the whole thing literally just a 90 minute first person shooter i mean that's the whole movie right yeah okay it's like it's like so, the the best possible ad for gopro you've ever seen but the thing uh, is it works somehow okay I don't see how. I personally, I am against doing anything like that because it. Part of the reason that these things fail is because video game narratives aren't the same as film or book, which are fairly linear, and so they try to cram these in. But then they kind of think, "Oh, wait, we're doing a video game movie, so we got to do these things to let people know, hey, yeah, it's still a video game, and, and you love it." But to me, it's sort of then it becomes, "Well, I'm watching the movie, which is great," but then it becomes like, "Well, I'm just watching somebody play the game." And it just sort of is a weird experience at that point. It takes me out of it. I I guess you have to come at it from if you can if you can tolerate a Jason Statham movie, then (laughs) this is sort of an interesting an interesting improvement on that 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 genre. Uh, So uh, talking about the narrative thing, Chris. uh, So the uh, the other end of that spectrum is some games have so much lore that. Um, adapting them to film should be easy unless you try to do all the lore in one film, and that is Duncan Jones's Warcraft movie. Yeah, that looks like guy a weird, a weird train wreck as well. Clearly, put like hundreds of hours into World of Warcraft, and 
totally understands like all the locales and the races and the and the politics of the this game that people spend hundreds of hours in so there's a lot of lore and he tried yeah. to cram it into two hours and it's just it's got its head straight up its own ass yeah well it seems that the games with a lot of narrative built in should be no-brainers for movies but like that it just like like uh what prince of persia sands of time i mean that is just the that is just a boring slog and it's like the game was fun but the the movie it's like what are you doing well think about if they had made the film game of thrones instead of the tv series though there's a right. lot to get through and a little yeah. bit of time it, it might just have been the wrong medium i mean other than not being a video game well, and that's a fair point. I'm glad you brought that up because it does strike me that some of these games would be much better served by the the medium of television, where they could draw sure. the stuff out. Uh, that seems to make more sense because then you're not cherry picking aspects of the game and sort of shoehorning it in to get it done. You could actually mm-hmm. take time to do it right. Which, I don't know if that would be possible. Which brings us to Ass Creed, starring Michael Fassbender. <laughs> I'm sorry, Assassin's Creed. <laughs> <laughs> good one uh, good one yeah no I, I mean i didn't watch it but it, it had the same kind of vibe as, as yeah. prince of persia and that it's like okay competent and nobody cares right yeah if they had made a faithful adaptation of assassin's creed though he would have like walked into a wall for like 90 minutes <laughs> that would have just been it i know i can do something bam bam ow, ow level one ow. yeah people's faces would get disconnected from their eyeballs and float around yeah uh well it does bring me to the, another one uh this is probably the most sprawling video game franchise but resident evil seems to just be unstoppable they come out yeah. with one every couple of years. Again, the uh, but it's got they love it. Now, yeah, but is, it's got nothing to do with the guy movie. Who made right? Mortal Kombat. It's Paul yeah. W. S. Anderson, who may be mm-hmm. the only guy who can make good video game movies. I haven't actually seen any of these Resident Evil movies, but I saw the first I, one. I saw, I saw the, the first, first one, one yeah. and I I am an unapologetic, well, former addict of the Resident Evil series. I played everything up to four i finished everything up until resident evil 4 dude check I, out the resident evil 2 remake coming to xbox you're gonna want oh, it I, they're making an i played the gamecube remake of, no, no. go <laughs> see the trailers from e3 of this year resident evil 2 remake it's like a reimagining it's it's gonna be really good all right it is it like the movie but no. so having having played that eric uh it's my understanding that the the movies are nothing like the video game though that's true but then again the games were you know they're they're puzzlers i mean they're they're thinkers there's there's a lot of back and forth i don't see how you do that into a movie what the movies got right was the violence and the dread okay i mean there's just a lot of uh i don't know oppressive awfulness that i'm surprised anyone wants to watch in a movie but they got it right okay there's some hokey things in there uh yeah, but I, overall, I just like yeah, it's fun. I just like the backstory. Like Paul W. S. Anderson is married to Mila Jovovich, and this is like how they go work together. And like this, is like the mm-hmm. family business. Like we're just gonna, you know, dude and his wife. We're gonna make another one of these Resident Evil movies. And yeah, but isn't that sort of doesn't that sort of her mo? Because she was with Luke Besson, and they did Fifth Element, and then they did Look that. How that turned uh, out. Yeah, and then they did that Joan of Arc movie. Uh, so maybe that's just like her, her deal. I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I think, I mean, these guys have been doing this for long enough. I think it's cute. 
Anyway. Oh, it's so sweet. So but, yeah, this this is like the never ending series, and I think they're just going to keep cranking them out until people. Wasn't the stop. last one called it's the final funny. chapter? Uh, yeah, I think I they stopped because she just got you know she's just getting beat up on all these things. But I think it was the second film. It's funny, yeah. They in the second film they introduced Jill Valentine, who's the protagonist of the second game, uh, and she is dressed exactly like Jill Valentine. They tried to be as much like the video game as they could. And it didn't really work out. And since then, they've they introduced new characters, new locations, new stories all the time. But every time you pick up a new Resident Evil, that's what happens. There is no main character to Resident Evil. Okay. The, the character she plays is made up for the movies. Mm-hmm. And they dash in some game. So in a way, they get it. They get the games right because they're changing the story all the time. But the Umbrella okay. Corporation is always there. Boy, yeah. I really know too much about this. <laughs> You've <laughs> obviously well, played it. so sick. It's like, yeah, it's like knowing a lot about, about you know, Megan's Law or, you know, something. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Well, that sort of uh, brings me over somewhat to uh, the one that I <laughs> I picked. It probably won't be surprising to you at all, uh, but it's one of the early ones from like 94. But uh, the magnum opus with <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme and Raul Julia, the Street oh, Fighter yeah. movie. The, what started this all, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, and what started it was the fact that it's Raul Julia's final film yeah. because he died of cancer. Uh when they were still putting it together. Uh, so knowing that is in and of itself kind of amazing considering the performance he puts in for M Bison, but then reading on it, uh, there's some recent articles that have come out backstory. Uh, I am amazed that this thing got made at all that they finished it. Cause it's Steven D'Souza who wrote die hard and predator and commando. So he's got action cred, uh, but it was his only directorial effort. Uh, and he sort of got all of these notes from, uh, is it Capcom? I think is the studio, uh, that they wanted all the characters. And he basically sat him down early on and just said, gave him the seven dwarves rule. He's like, can you name all seven dwarves? And they say, no. And he says, exactly. So you can't have 300 characters in this thing or else it'll factor out that everyone's only going to get like five minutes of screen time and that won't work. So they said, okay, do it. And, as he was shooting, they kept insisting that more characters be added. So basically, the whole thing just got watered down. Add on that that they're shooting in Thailand, and everybody's losing weight because of the heat and the mm-hmm. humidity. Uh, add on top of that that Raul Julia showed up off of uh, operation for stomach cancer, so they had to shoot around him while he <laughs> bulked up a little bit and looked less like a walking death. Uh, they had Jean-Claude Van Damme at the time, like the largest action movie star in the world. Uh, and he had like a 10 grand a week Coke habit. And so he would oh, disappear right. for like days on end and then just show up <laughs> and, uh, just mangle his lines in his Belgian accent. Uh, he was having an affair with Kylie Minogue, uh, on the Wait, set. Which one? And that, which one she was, was Cammy? Yeah. No, no. She was like was having the affair with Kylie Minogue, Jean Claude, or yeah, JCVD, JCVD. Oh, okay. 
so that led to a really acrimonious divorce. Uh, then there was like a, a military coup in the middle of all of this in Thailand. Oh, and, <laughs> I mean, it's like just one thing after another. I'm so amazed that it got made at all. And then it came out, and it's dumb. Don't get me wrong. It is stupid. <laughs> but it is entertainingly stupid. I mean, it's what Brian would call brain garbage. Yeah. Uh, but entertaining brain garbage. And the thing made like $99 million. I mean, like $100 million. It's just amazing to me. And they never made a sequel because it's like, well, <laughs> fuck that. I don't think I think it underplayed to everyone's expectation. They did a cut, and it was rated R because of all the violence, and I guess it was on the heels of some uh, public shooting somewhere. And so mm. the MPAA said, no, you can't do that. So they went in and they cut out a lot of the blood and whatnot, like people getting fat lips and things and fights. They resubmitted it and they gave them a G rating. <laughs> so they said, they said, no, we can't do that. So then they went back in and they had Jean-Claude Van Damme like, add a couple of swear words here and there. And then they got it to the PG-13. I mean, it's just the whole thing is just, what in the hell is this? It's a miracle movie. It's a miracle movie. And it was one of those cases, I mean, Street Fighter 2 was the biggest video game on the planet at the time. Like, yeah. it was huge. Yeah. But then um, you, you, but then you, you cast... Know, it's basically the same thing as Mortal Kombat, just with different people. It's a fighter. Yeah. But first, it came out first. Mortal and then you Kombat have Jean-Claude... <laughs> well, yeah. And arguably, it's, it's a better movie overall. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, but I was not prepared for how campy Street Fighter is because I watched it again this week and it is just, it's like Batman level campy. I mean, it was like, what in the fuck is going on? Yeah, and here's your and kids so it's, movie. I, yeah, because you've got like Raul Julia giving lines to the people like, uh, you know, Bison comes in uh, and for you, the day he graces your village was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. I mean, it's like, what in the fuck, man? It's just, ah. Uh. So, it's a miracle movie. That's why I picked it, because it's so dumb. And it, and then it, it has the distinction of, in the, in the end credits, uh, the, it scrolls up and it just says, Viocon Dios Raul. And that's so sad to me. That's his last movie. Uh. <laughs> so, fuck. So, there's your Debbie Downer ending. But Street Fighter, wow. I love how at the end they all do the pose from the actual oh, yeah, they And Kylie Minogue actually like turns around 180 degrees to do the cami butt pose. Like wow. for no reason whatsoever. Uh, it is astonishing. It is astonishing. Steven E. D'Souza never directed again, but damn it. It was so worth it. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. so any final thoughts? Uh, Have we covered it? I, I uh, can get to cover my film. Oh! Oh, that's right. We rolled yeah, into I got Uve. overlooked. Uh, oh, yeah, my, my pick, and you know, actually, it would have been Resident Evil. That should have been because you know, now that we're talking, Obviously. I realize, fuck, I know a lot about Resident Evil. But um, mm -hmm. no, Hitman. Oh, I, I loved that oh. game. And Hitman and Agent Forty Seven, the not exactly a sequel, sequel. With um, uh, Spock's in that one, right? Um, Quinto? Yes, Quinto. yeah. Okay. And that one, that second one, I, I I, think is a smarter approach because it's not necessarily about Agent 47. It's the people around him, you know, the yeah. potential victims. Whereas the first one with, um, oh, what is his name? Santa Clarita Diet. Uh, Oliphant. Oliphant. Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, Timothy Oliphant. 
it's all about Agent 47. And he is so hilarious in this. He, he just, <laughs> it's just, it's yeah. wrong. It's wrong. This is at the, his height in, in, in Deadwood. And suddenly he's bald with a tattoo on the back of his neck in a black yeah. suit. And he's but, so, he's so dead inside. I mean, every line read is basically the same line read, yeah. and it doesn't matter what it is. When they show <laughs> up in weird. Russia, I'm like, ah, this this film now makes sense. Russian money. This was made yeah. with Russian money to, you know, for no good reason. It it shouldn't have been made. Yeah. But it has that funny, crappy. What did you say? It's the most '90s film of the 2000s. It's that same kind of <laughs> retrograde style. Um, yeah, it's like basically it's if you don't know what to do, make your villains Euro trash. I mean, that's really yeah. just the go-to. Move. Yes, you know yeah, what I mean? like triple X. Yeah, yeah. Um, the agent, agent, uh, hitman, agent forty-seven. I did like though. Uh, well, that looked pretty especially good by comparison, Rupert Friend is a great choice. He's an intense fucker. Uh, if you watch Homeland, you you, you get a a good view of him. He, he's he's awesome. <laughs> I, I would okay. almost say. For him and uh, Zachary Quinto, it's worth watching. But yeah, don't expect much because, hey, it's based on a video game. Yeah, true. <laughs> so well, that's another, my pick. Another highlight of Hitman uh, is Olga Kuryenko. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the, the the sidekick woman in that. And uh, she was a Bond girl. She's been in Oblivion. I really like her stuff. Uh, but it was fun to watch her in that as well. I, I also it. I just for the scene of Timothy Oliphant uh and three other I guess agents who are similarly bald and carry wearing the same suit and you know using silenced pistols and they're all there to kill him in yeah. a train yard and it is shot <laughs> so lovingly it is weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All their eggs in that one basket. This, the Pretty director much. of photography was at one point fucking all four of those guys. I am sure of it because they were just <laughs> so into. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, and this, and then we can uh, give final thoughts. But the uh, the weirdest one that I stumbled across uh, was a movie uh, based on a fighting game called DOA, Dead or Alive. Oh lordy! Yeah. Uh, which, as near as I can tell, is basically just a bunch of scantily clad beautiful women uh doing some sort of pseudo fight thing that's the and eric roberts the is the dead or alive games yeah <laughs> okay uh, that's what i thought but it's got like uh jamie presley is the biggest mm-hmm. name in there uh i caught clips and apparently there's just there's like a volleyball scene in there where they're just in bikinis i mean literally the whole thing is just designed there's a, to there's a to, game called to, dead or alive beach volleyball they, oh, they I'm not kidding. Okay. Like okay. they, they literally take the female characters from the Spiral game, made a volleyball game, so you could look at them okay. bounce around in, in bikinis. That is the series. Okay. Wow. Then I did not misconstrue what I was uh, reading and and seeing online. Okay. Is the that, that's the game one that's supposed to be another fighter? Yeah. It they yeah. basically had the Virtual Fighter Two engine, and they, you know, put some boob physics in it, and and put <laughs> skinnily clad chicks in it, and made a game. Yeah. And the movie is just like it's just yeah, it's a shameless uh, ploy to get teenage boys to pay money for the video. That's all I could gather. Uh, I I okay at a video game store ten twelve years ago. I don't back when there were video game stores. I was in there looking at stuff, and there was a woman in there with a copy of uh, Hitman. 
uh, again, Hitman. And anyway, she she's talking to the guy and asking, is this game okay for my kid? And the guy there's like, I don't know. I, I honestly, ma'am, I haven't played it, but it does have like the mature rating. So chances are no. And I, I step in, I go, hey, look, just not for nothing. I've played this game. It, it is super violent. You kill a guy with an axe. The whole point <laughs> is to just, just, just horribly kill people, not just run around gunning people, but like think of the worst possible way to kill people. And it lets you do it. It's not really for kids. And she says, well, I'm not so much worried about that. But here on the back of the cover, and you know, she shows it, it's like there's women in bikinis. And I go, <laughs> yeah, there's not a whole lot of that. That's about as much as you're going to see of that. But really, it's the violence part you need to worry about. And she says to me, oh, I don't care about that. I just don't want there to be any sexy stuff. And I thought, that's what's the matter with America. That's exactly. why we're going down the fucking shitter. You know, it's like well, embrace the sexy stuff, reject the violent stuff. Yeah. You know? well, well, that's like when I came out of Starship Troopers and the, the family behind me with young kids, mind you, uh, basically came out and I like literally heard them after seeing like uh, just violence and mayhem and gore through the entire thing. The thing that they focused on was the shower scene. Mm. Where everybody's naked, and they went. That's probably why it was rated R because of the shower scene with the nudity. Yeah, <laughs> so that's like the guy yeah, who got got cleaved open, or like a <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, like fucked in the ass by a huge bug, or the one who yeah, got his brain yeah. sucked out. No, that was fine. Yeah, so uh, I, under- <laughs> I, I understand everyone. where you're coming from. Yeah. Uh, so, bottom line, video games should they be movies? Uh, yes or yeah, no? They're getting well, better. Here, you know what? Okay. Here's my thing. If like, okay, let's maybe we can part on this. I don't want to get into your your outline or screw anything up, but just a thought. What oh, outline schmoutline? Go for yeah. it. What game would make a good film? Because I've got ideas. I think the obvious one is Grand Theft Auto. I think you could make a GTA movie, and yeah. it would be awesome. But Rockstar uh, holds onto those rights like it's fucking manna from heaven. They are not right. letting that shit go. Right, but I'm saying like if you know, okay, if okay. you were to do it, but my my choice would be Fallout. I think the Fallout series it would make a badass film because you can basically recast it every time. Same nuclear war, new story. <laughs> hmm. Okay, all right. Isn't that the like the the Last of Us? Is that a, another post apocalypse thing? I hear that one yeah, banging about too. That one's that okay. one's pretty good actually. Okay, Fallout. At least you get that sort of uh, mid century modern sort of atomic sci-fi design that they yeah. built into the game that's okay. that last that of makes us it is a zombie too. movie is, is all okay gotcha. oh okay what um, about you brian you got you know i don't but i'm gonna i'm just gonna swing for the the first thing that came to mind was god of war but not the new dad of war like the old school like i'm gonna go kill hades god of war mm, apparently that. that's 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 one that's in production uh it's pre-production somewhere. I think it's yeah. it's they're, well, so they're is working uncharted, but that's been true for like ten years. Yeah. So whatever. <laughs> Every time you say uncharted, I I hear you say I sharted, so it makes me <laughs> laugh inside. <laughs> uh, I could not for life me think of anything that would make a good game 
because I don't play very many. So I settled on Joust. I think that would be a fun one that they could. I'm down. Uh, they could yeah. dispense with their own story, just set in that world, just so you could see people flying around in ostriches. You know what? Yeah. Let's merge uh, the, all the Williams games. Let's have a movie that somehow combines elements of Joust, Defender, and Robotron. Right? Let's I think it's doable. A big alien invasion, ships in the sky, and robots everywhere, and dudes on ostriches. And yeah. we'll call it we'll call it Pixels. Yeah, I was going to oh, say, you let's f- not get Adam Sandler <laughs> on that. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Oh, I think I we just screwed everyone. the food. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and on that note, thanks for listening. Game <laughs> over. Uh, so oh. where can people send us email? They can send us email to uh, magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. Is that correct? Why, yes, it is. Yeah. That is correct. Uh, no, we also have a... Yeah? But I'm, just, I'm just saying, if they've made it this far... To listen to us tell them now, then they owe it to themselves, to themselves, yeah. to contact us and tell them what they did and didn't like. Now, maybe yeah. they fell asleep. So hey, 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 wake up, wake up. Yeah. Okay. And then, tweet uh, us. Tweet and us. then go 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 to iTunes and uh, rate us and review us so that we can move up those rankings. Yeah. Uh, and make something of ourselves. And then while you're at it, uh, why don't you go like our Twitter feed at MagHuge. There's always fun stuff there. And then we're also on Facebook uh, slash Magnificently Huge. I'm going to get my wife to make a couple of limited edition awesome t-shirts and we'll like, oh. give them away. Yeah. For, like the, the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to do that. We'll, the best we'll comment have. of the week. You know, yeah. like the <laughs> comment we like the most. That's what the shirts we'll I have you. the best comment of the week on the Magnificently <laughs> <Yeah>. Huge podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I want I an award. <laughs> I thought we could just make it an essay contest. Wouldn't that be fun? And yeah, we, 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 can, we can, yeah, make shirts of all of our, our great catchphrases. Like, it's been a while. It's <laughs> been a while! God <laughs> damn it. All right. The music is playing us out. They know where to find us. They should just write us and tell Mag us huge how on amazing Twitter, Magnificently huge on Facebook. Magnificently huge on Instagram, which we don't really go on much. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, write us at magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. 